0: So this morning, as you walked in, there were probably some fears you dealt with. Maybe, not verbally today, maybe they didn't have you front and center. But I would say this weekend, this week, you dealt with some fears. If not, they, they just, they kind of creep in. And sometimes they don't creep in. They just run through the front door. And they're just big, and they're bold, and they're audacious. And they, <laughs> they just uh, try to uh, annihilate us. They try to take us out. But, like, I know, you know, you'd be afraid of public speaking. Some people are afraid of spiders. Anybody afraid of spiders? I mean, like... Yeah, like you know, uh, we we used to have a staff member, and she was afraid of ants. And I thought, okay, you know, they're, they're not ferocious animals, but you know, ants. And uh, <clears throat> of course, my grandson, our Otis, he's he has to have an epipen because he got bit at a wedding, and his you know his throat and everything swallowed up. So. Ants aren't good for him. But we had a staff member one time, and they didn't like ants. And let me tell you, when you're a church, it's kind of, this was kind of a country region when we built out here 20 years ago. And there's a lot of homes, but there's still some kind of rural properties. And, and when you live in Montgomery, have you ever noticed the ant piles? They're everywhere. So she would come to church sometimes, and she would sit in her car. And one day, I asked her, I said, why do you take the long way around? She goes, there's ants. And she would walk around the building trying to avoid ants. And I'm not making fun of that, but man, that that can paralyze you if you're scared of spiders or ants, or if you're worried about thunder or heights. Are any of you afraid of heights? Yeah, that that one's mine. I I mean, I I love to fly. I love a lot of things. But like right now, if you offered me a great sum of money to go jump out of a, a perfectly good airplane with you, you'd be by yourself i 'm just not doing it I, I don't understand it. Uh, some people this is one they're afraid of clowns and and, and so they're paranoid. Some people are afraid of needles and you know what I find that's amazing. Some of the medical community that are trained in these torturous acts I mean excuse me, the medical community that is there for our health, I find they're some of the biggest sissies when it comes to needles. It's just i mean some <coughs> some in this morning are fearful of high medical bills that are in the past or maybe the future. Uh, here's one that's really modern day a fear of identity theft any any of you have a a little fear of that maybe you've made arrangements some people are afraid of sharks okay and and here's one that's very common in our area storms devastating hurricanes and tornadoes i mean you know the one that just recently swept through wetumpka and uh, destroyed a lot of properties i mean that that could be a a great fear so (laughs) i know you're going well man thanks for identifying the fears and then of course i didn't even say the big one the fear of death i mean some people are like, man i'm just afraid and that's one of the things i love about being a christian jesus he said in the scriptures he takes the sting out of death how many of people are grateful how many in this room are grateful that jesus took the sting out of death for you and me i don't have to be afraid of it i remember when i used to be afraid of death before i knew christ i really was i was like man you know this is this is kind of the unknown but as you get to know Jesus and walk with him and he promises a room in heaven that he's prepared a place for me and you by faith in him, I go, heaven's a good place because Jesus is there. And those that have preceded us in death that were in Christ. So, man, heaven, I mean death. I'm like, okay, so there's not a fear. So, <laughs> here's what I'd say. Fears tend to suffocate us. And they tend to take the life out of us. And, and what they do is, for some people, maybe in this room today or people that will listen later, it crushes them. It crushes the life out of them in the morning. I've talked to people, and, and, and they're afraid to drive. They're afraid to go out in public. They're afraid to be with other people. And that's a, that's a fear that I don't understand, but for them, it's very real. So Whatever your fear, when it's real for you, it's tough. And here's the other thing I've learned about fears. They tend to morph. They, they tend to grow. They tend to get exaggerated. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? I mean, like if you said, this is my fear, somebody goes, man, come on suck it up buttercup (laughs) and you know but here's my fear you go man that's your fear that's not my fear and then we would find out if we sit in here long enough if we were in small group we could have a lot of fun with this we would ask each other what are your top three fears and we would just share and maybe we could pray over one another maybe that'd be a great exercise but (laughs) here's the thing did you hear this about the boy who was at camp And he was a difficult kid to deal with. I think Don and I dealt with a lot of those when we did student ministry. And his counselor called his mom and told her that he might need to be punished while he was at camp. Because, I mean, the kid was just, maybe he was one of you when you were there. I don't know. And she says, well, here's what she said to the camp counselor. Please don't slap Irvin. He's a very sensitive boy. Okay. Just slap the boy next to Irvin, and that will scare him into submission. (laughs) I mean, that's a mom that really loved her son. You know, just just slap them. How many of you felt... And some of you just got a revelation that that's why you got tapped at camp because they were trying to get the attention of the person next to you. I don't know, because you wouldn't fight back. Uh, you know, this whole thing... Here's what you do with young kids. I, we, we did it with our girls, and we certainly do it with our grandkids now because they don't... I mean, our grandkids are learning this, but still, Finn would be clueless on this. The, the, the fear of cars, of traffic. I mean, you teach your kids to to fear playing in the road, because you play in the road, you get what? Well, you could get hit. <laughs> I remember, run over. Thank you, Charles. Uh, I still remember, we were living in Brighton. We lived there for several years. And I, I still remember the day, uh, I was a youth pastor, and this little kid, he was about third grade, and he knocked on the door, and I heard him say, Miss Donna, could Mr. Keith come out to play? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of said, yeah, man, what are you doing? He goes, I want to know if you want to play with me. I would like to ride my bicycle with you. So, yeah, so I went out and played with him. But he's the kid that I had screamed at and I had yelled at because he was always, was he not, Donnie? He was always in the street on his bike doing tricks and stuff. And I, I just knew one day they were going to knock on the door and tell me my little friend had been run over. And today he's like a football coach, and he's like, he mentors young men. I mean, that's weird. And, uh, but this kid, but the day that he invited me to play, you know, that was a pretty cool thing. I, I, I guess he didn't have a dad. Or his dad was estranged from him, and his mom was doing a great job. She was raising him and his brother. He had a twin brother. Both of them were terror. And uh, so I just I, I thought about that, just the fear of, of that. Here, there, there's this positive fear, though. Let's kind of get that, and then we'll go into these others. God says that we should have a fear of him, a holy fear, a reverential fear, an uh, awe of who he is. Uh, in Exodus, write down Exodus eighteen twenty one. I don't know what it is. My voice has gotten fine, and then today, it's like, I don't know what's happening. It's it's this weather, I think, up and down, just does weird things. But let's look at Exodus. He says, when Jethro advised Moses to place judges in the land to help him with order and decisions, he told Moses, listen to this. He says, Moses, choose men who fear God. It's an interesting study to do is to go through the scriptures and see how many times you see the word fear or the promises that god tells us to fear not to not be afraid at least 365 of those promises ecclesiastes says it's the responsibility of man of mankind of humans to fear god god has created us with a vacuum in a heart to be filled only with himself with jesus but he's also created us to have a fear, a respect, an honor for a holy God. So as I talk about fear this morning, we'll look at various aspects of the word fear over this weekend and next weekend. But I just want us to think about it because fear should produce, a, a right holy fear should produce an awe of God. God, you are so holy. You're so pure. The scripture says <coughs> over in Exodus and other passages, they trembled in fear before the Lord. You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm in here in this living room sometimes and I'm in worship, sometimes the words off that screen just jump in my heart. They, they give me revelation. They give me insight. I sometimes have this overwhelming awareness of, awareness of my fear of the holy. Have you been there with me, church, where you just get in his presence and you just know this is holy time? With him. It's all holy unto the Lord. It's to worship as unto the Lord. But there's those times when we just have that encounter. And then listen to what Ann Landers says. She said she used to receive, you know, when she was really popular, like at least 10,000 letters a day. And they didn't have email then, okay? And the number one subject, you know what our number one subject was of all the letters that went to Ann Landers, the guru, the Oprah of the day? You know what it was? Fear. People always wanted to ask her advice. They were concerned about fear, fear of dying, fear of living, fear of not having enough money, fear of losing money, the fear of losing a spouse, the fear of getting married, the fear of not getting married, the fear of having kids, the fear of having too many kids, the fear of having too little kids, the fear, just fear, fear, fear. And so it's always been that people have been consumed with fears. And if you will sit this afternoon sometime by yourself and be still, and just ask the Lord, Lord, are there any unhealthy fears in my life here's a better question are there any fears that are tending to consume my energy and my time am i overthinking am i overparalyzed in this area for something that you want me to have freedom i believe that christ died for us to be free do y'all believe that freedom that's what it means to be a follower of jesus is to walk in the freeness of god so how do we deal with these fears and then here's one that's not helpful just grow up and stop being afraid of your fear. Well, you know, I mean, that sounds like, wow, I wasn't a very nice dad or mom. <clears throat> and there is a time we need to mature, but we, we look into the Lord. We lean in on the Lord. And so we address what are these things we're afraid of? What are these things that have conjured fear in us? Because those things always hold us back. So <clears throat> here would be the thing just do some inventory today, next week, next month. Just from time to time, just ask the Lord, Lord, is, is there a fear that's crept into my life that I'm not aware of? I mean, here could be a fear. It's not a fear right now, but, but it did. After losing this weight and being serious about losing 50 pounds, I, I, I had a fear in the back of my mind. You know what my, fear, you know what my biggest fear was? Gaining it back. And, and then people are so helpful, they walk up. Hey, uh, you're going to gain your weight? You eat like that. You know, and, and I eat healthy like 99% of the time. Like, well, yeah, okay. And the other's are like, hey, you're doing okay. But in the back of my mind, there's still this fear like, but what if? Because I had to go get all new pants and new belts. Now, let me tell you, I didn't, I didn't have enough faith, though. I did not throw my old clothes away. I moved them down in the closet. But I got new belts and new pants. And I decided this is the size that I need to be to be healthy. But, but I'm, just, I'm just being honest about a fear... I have a fear. <laughs> I'll share my fear. I've had it for years because my dad had progressive heart disease and I have his genetics. I don't do a lot of things he does, he did. And, and I also am extremely, I exercise and now I've done all these things. But I have a fear of having a massive heart attack and having to have heart surgery. I've, I've had, have, does anybody else have, have that fear of, of having, if somebody's like, oh, I don't have a fear. I've already had it. I'm like, yeah, you, you better fear it. You know, so, you, you, but you, that's just fear. So in this room, you could just go around and people say, I've got a fear. I've got a fear. and somebody's like got a fear i've got a dozen and uh, so hey why don't you come up and share yours now no no we're not gonna do that okay so we but here's what i love we have a choice we can stand in fear or we can choose to move with god into freedom and say lord please don't let this fear control my life. Don't let this fear overwhelm me. There, there's a passage and it was supposed to be at the very top and it was in my notes and then somehow it didn't get here and it hit me last night as I was reviewing this I went, ah, my key verse. Turn to Second Timothy. Will you turn there? Turn to the book of Second Timothy. If, if you don't have a Bible, turn in your phone. Don't text anybody. Just turn to Second Timothy <coughs> chapter 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power of love and of self-discipline. One translation says, of sound mind. That's what the Lord has come to give us. He's not come to give us a spirit of what? Fear. But a spirit of control, a spirit of power. And I believe that, look right here at the message truth. Will you look there with me quickly? Fear can grip our very soul. It can dictate how we live our lives. Satan uses fear as a weapon to immobilize us and to prevent advancement of the kingdom how many believe that this morning i believe that all the time fear serves you're coming at me fear i have no fear oh thank you friend i needed that thank you i was driving y'all nuts thank you bless you chuck all right i have a fear that somebody's going to come at me okay 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 So fear paralyzes, fear immobilizes, but listen to this thought. But faith, living faith, union, mobilizes us to pursue and to move with God. So we can have faith, we can have fear. We have a choice. Lord, you are sovereign. Lord, you are above all things. You hold all things together. You sustain all things. I trust You, Father, I want to move in faith. I want to advance in faith. Or you can choose, I'm just going to be fearful. I'm just bound up in fear. I'm just consumed. I'm controlled. And it's going to drive everybody nuts around you. But more than that, it's going to keep you from being what God's got. It's this fear thing. You could link it over to a cousin, worry. I I know some of you here, you worry yourself to death. And you're obsessive. And the spiritual battle is intense in your life. Day after day. So I'm praying this weekend and next weekend, the Lord will minister His Word, His presence, His Spirit. The Lord would whisper to you freedom. He would whisper to you self-control. He didn't come to give you the spirit of fear, but for some the opposite of that. And so it's just a simple truth to lay down because the devil knows how to paralyze us. Does the devil, does our enemy of our soul not know exactly what it is that will keep us from moving? sure (laughs) and let me tell you he whispers to me often and by the grace of jesus you and i can rise up in faith and be mobilized as the army of the living christ to say lord i want to advance your purposes fear and torment they're real they're magnified their their spiritual issues i think ptsd depression suicidal thoughts bipolar i could name issue after issue i think they're really rooted in fear and god wants to help us overcome those fears and pursue wholeness let's fill in the outline observations six observations about fear the first one fear is a liar now you, you can imagine, if you listen to Caleb, as I do, what did you just hear? I just heard Zach Williams. He was just singing, Fear is a Liar. And they had, I love this new song we did today. Thank you, Caitlin and Drew. Oh, wow, powerful. But I want, I, But had we had more time, and we had such a full weekend, I wanted to do Fear is a Liar because of me. He, it is. And listen, to this. <clears throat> and some of you could sing it, but here's just a part of it. Fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath stop you in your steps, fear he is a liar, he will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire, because fear is a liar. So this morning, you've come to hear that truth, that fear is not truth, it's the opposite of truth, and fear comes from the, the prince of this world, Satan himself, it does not come from Jesus Christ, not the kind of fear that I'm talking about here. Here's what fear does, I hear a voice saying, and you hear this voice, You're not good enough. That's why you don't make the team. That's why you didn't get the promotion. Nobody will ever want to marry you. You're no good. You're no this. And it just goes on and it says, I can't, I can't. And that lie just stops us before we even start. And you think, I'm a failure. I'll never be able to complete this. I'll never be able to do that. And fear holds you back. Maybe it was an educational pursuit earlier in your life or today, and that's held you back. And my prayer today is that Jesus would set you free from the fear that tries to set up and ambush you, and you would say, God, but you can. Here's another one. God won't. God won't help me. God won't forgive me. God won't hear me. God won't help me. And you have all these God won't tapes. But the Scripture says, As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who what? Who fear him. He remembers us. He knows our frame. The Lord pities you and me. I'm so grateful. I'm glad the Lord pities us today. Here's another one, a lie we play. It's a liar. I don't matter. You do matter. I know that Scripture teaches you and I matter to God. We are made in the image of our creator. It's one of the big things about this whole pro-life movement that I love, but I'm also so irritated with right now of abortion, full-term, children being born, and legislation, and the wickedness. I'm like, America, repent. And the church said, I wish they'd pick this up on national news. Said, Hey, that boy's not afraid to talk about pro-life. I'm not. And I'm not afraid to talk about how great Jesus is and the sanctity of human life in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm so tired about it. A oh, pastor, I have to be PC. I have to be PC. Well, PC yourself on out of here. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we're going to stand for righteousness, church. Amen? I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm just passionate about life. My mama chose life for me. Your mama chose. You know, that's what I'm always amazed about. That now, I'll get off this bandwagon. Hold on. I don't know about life. Well, your mama knew life. She chose life for you. Did you go thank her? Did you go kiss her? Okay, all right, so let's keep going. So we begin, we discover these lies sometimes, but we look at God's words and, and we see truth. Let me give you a passage. I gotta keep moving. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And he talks there about <coughs> the truth. Pull down the thoughts that don't line up with the truth. Capture the truth, the strongholds. Pull them down by the authority of Jesus Christ. Just begin to camp out there at 2 Corinthians 10.4 and remind yourself that the Lord wants to pull down those things that aren't right and steadfast and faithful and truthful and He wants to build His heart in you. Rely upon God. Reject the lies of the liar. All right, I I could go on and on about this. Give you a couple of verses. 1 John 4.18. Matthew 10.28. Ecclesiastes 12.13. Last one on this. Don't give the liar a voice in your life. Here's the one that I hear so many times. You have a prognosis of cancer. And then some people, ah, I just might as well pack it up. I'm going to die. The Lord didn't pronounce death over you, did he? The Lord called you to life. You want to trust him. You want to, Lord, I want your sovereign will. Lord, I want to be controlled by you. Hey, my finances went south. Hey, my relationship's bad. I got attacked. Whatever. Lord, I want to believe the truth of what you say. Here's what I'd say. Jesus is strong enough for you and me. Do you believe that, church? Look at the second one. Fear respects no one. Fear is the respecter of no people. Fear comes at us in so many angles, and we fall victim to fear. Even Timothy, that great young disciple of the Apostle Paul, with the Christian upbringing that he came with in his home, training at the feet of Paul, yet spiritually he could fall the victim of fear. And we have this passage that I just quoted to you from 2 Timothy about we don't have the spirit of fear. Fear knows no limits. Fear knows no races or economic conditions. It just comes after us with one hope, and that hope is to do what? To paralyze us. And somebody today said, you know, Pastor, I've been paralyzed long enough, and today I've known the truth you're talking about, but the Lord just ministered a word to me. The Lord is showing me today that I don't have to believe the liar. So, respects no one. No, off- Look at the third one. Fear is sinful, and fear is harmful. In in this sense, the word fear, man, is a sin. It's it's the opposite of faith. It's not to fully trust the Lord. And and all its roots, and it results from the lack of faith. And the Lord's called us to a faith walk. Um, I, I read this. It is well documented that babies can take on the fear of their mothers even when they're in the womb. How many believe that? That is a human in your body growing when you're pregnant. I've had so many moms go, and I'd walk in the room to congratulate them, Don and I would over their newborn baby, and it's one of the coolest things I do as a pastor. I, I love it. It's fun. And walk in, and, and they'll go, oh, pastor, they know your voice. Yeah? Well, they've been listening to you scream for a long time. <laughs> or they've been, or, and, and, or I can talk, and it's like, because they have. They've been, but you know who they really know? They know the voice of their mom and dad. They know the voice of their mom that sings over them, that prays for them, their dad that prays and leads they they know the voice of their little brother and sister you're like oh they do oh no (laughs) but I I just love that these things that we speak over each other and so you know all these things we're taught to fear you know when you're in the winter season we are in Montgomery and we still battle with it but thank God we don't live up north where it's really just frigid and cold but you know one of the things we fear here a lot is viruses and colds and handshakes and runny noses and and you know, and I'm a hugger, so I want to run hug everybody in, in the winter. I, I try to refrain a little bit, you know, because it, it just always thrills my soul when I come up and I give you a big hug, and then you walk off and you're, <coughs> or, or man, or you've got tissue, and 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 then, or your spouse comes up to me and says, Man, she was sick all week. Today's the, the first day she felt like living. Uh. And, and, and now you're going to be watching me sometimes when I learn that. I make a quick exit to the bathroom, and I wash my hands. But not all the time, and, and that's what scares me a little bit. Anyway, yeah, let's just tell hey, you, let's be not germaphobes around here. So here's another thing I, I learned. I, I said it's simple and it's harmful. Fear lowers our immunity. You know, our body releases stress hormones that slow or shut us down, and our fear, uh, you know, prevents that. Fear short-circuits our brain. I read this. This is interesting. It creates an overactive mind. The hormones do that when we're fearful. It floods the portion of our brain that controls it. It makes you unable to think rationally as you react to signals sent from that portion of your brain. Fear can also impair information of long-term memories and cause damage to certain parts of your brain. You're like, man, I didn't realize fear had such power. It does. In, In a physical sense, it has great power. But I'd say that it has even greater power spiritually to hold us back. Fear l- leads to chronic health problems, uh, gastrointestinal issues, uh, irritable bowel, bowel syndrome, cardiovascular da- damage, decreased fertility, depression, fatigue. And here's what I learned. Man, the other day I went, oh, my goodness. Did you know? Listen, listen, I wish I'd have learned this earlier because I know I look older than I am, but I'm, I'm only 40. But here's what I learned. <laughs> Boy, I just lied. Fear's a liar. Here, Here, you know, fear, listen. I don't know if you knew this. This is free. Fear accelerates aging. Somebody went, crap, I'm going to quit fearing then. <laughs> yeah, I have fear. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to say that, man. No, no fear. No fear. No fear. It, it, it's going to make me older than I really am. It's just, it's harmful to, to my body. So, have you ever heard the little saying, she worried herself to death? It's true. You can't worry yourself to death. And fears, they just grip us. They, they attack us in so many ways. Charlie Brown, the great theologian, here's what he said. He wasn't a theologian. Only dread one day at a time. And, uh, and he only dreads one day at a time. Boy, what an optimist he was. But I pray that we would face the day. This is a day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will celebrate this day. I will not fear this day. I am Fearfully and wonderfully made. The Lord has made my frame. How many of you believe the Lord's made your frame? And only this part of the room thinks the Lord made their frame. Who do y'all think made y'all's frame? Eric, you sit on that side. Come on, man. Give me a break. I mean. I in. I'm like, hey, I think I got everybody on that one in this room. Poof, they're like this. Okay. All right. All right. Fear, fear. Fear. Fear often reveals. Listen to this. Look at the fourth one. The object of our fear reveals in what or whom we trust. See, when you or me get captivated by fear, it really reveals more than we want to show. It reveals who I look to, who I lean on, who I am confident in, who I trust. And what, uh, what fear we most often reveal shows what we trust in. And God says, take these fears to me i want to give you a verse this is a great verse to memorize write down psalm chapter 20 verse 7 and the scripture says some, i quote it all the time because i love this verse some trust in chariots and some in horses but we trust operative word we trust in the name of the lord our god the lord is a strong tower and the safe run into it amen amen and that's where God wants you and me to run in our time of fear and to his word. Lord, I, I, I've been fearful long enough. My friends have been bound by fear. Lord, lead us to a place of safety. Lead us to a place of freedom. Lead us to a place of peace. Lead us to a place where you are. Lead us to a place of spiritual fruit and growth and multiplication and greater witnesses and, and, and the, uh, the, uh, the throne of Jesus being established in our life because we don't fear so much. And look at the fifth one. Fear creates the forgetfulness of God's promises. When you and I fear, I realize that I believe less of this than I say I do. I somehow nullify the Word of God being influential impactful in my life to the extent that God wants to do it. And I submit to the systems of this world. But God calls you and me to focus on Him, to remember His promises. That's why I've said so many times, it's important to have your daily intake of God's Word. That's why I say it's important to memorize and meditate on the Word of God. That I might, just this morning I read, that I might hide His Word in my heart. That I might not, what? Sin against Him. And then here's another thing. We study, sometimes I preach on, uh, on, on, on figures of the Bible, you know, characters, and what we'll do is we will study the lives of holy men and women that we might gain insight, and some of that would be to be bold, to be confident, to be fearless, to, to run after God. The famous author Robert Louis Stevenson said this <coughs> when he was a little child. He accidentally locked himself into his room and he couldn't get out. As darkness came on, he became terror-stricken. When his father was unable to open the door, he sent for a locksmith. But While he waited, he talked to his son through the keyhole. Hearing his dad's soothing conversation and knowing he was there, he was okay. He was all that Robert needed. Now listen. Tie the truth with me. In the fear that besets, that hinders, that holds you and me. I'm not going to ask you to go home and talk through the keyhole. Although, if that works for you, do it. But I would instruct you and me to refrain, to run away from the world, and go to my Father and talk and listen to Him and let Him coach me through my fear. Let God walk me through my fear. I find out if I'll do that, I'm a lot less... Fearful, because I get his perspective, and then if I'm willing to go look at his word and say, Father, give me a scripture, Lord, give me something to read. Let me. We're learning a thing as our leadership team right now about learn Jesus. How do you best learn Jesus? That's a whole message in itself. Well, one way is you just sit in his presence. You sit in his word. You study his word. You, you read Christian books, man. You, but ultimately, you pursue God and you find freedom. You find victory over your fear that the Heavenly Father is close. And He wants to help me overcome my fear. Do y'all think God wants us to be fearful? No, not in this sense. He wants us to be bold witnesses, bold lines for Him that hear His voice. I'm for you. I believe in you. I care about you. My love is faithful. My unfailing love will never die. I will pursue you to the day you draw your last breath. I am for you. I have died for you. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundant. That's the words of Jesus. Man, I, I get excited about that. So let's move to the sixth one. Fear creates forgetfulness of the promises of God. The sixth one, fear focuses on the past and faith focuses on the present. The fear Ah, you know how bad it was in, or what if, what could, what should, whatever, I don't know. But faith just wants to focus on the present tense of God, who God is. God, I want to move from fear to faith. Lord, I want to focus on you. Abraham, childless, he could have just said, no kids, I'm stuck here. I'm fearful. And then God gives him a promise and God delivers and own and own. For Psalm 46, verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The object of our fear is the focus of our worship. Listen, the object of our fear dictates the focus of what I worship. And that's what I love about our church is we want to be known as a worshiping community of followers of Jesus. Lord, not that I fear the economy, because you could. You could fear the political situation, because you could. You could fear your unknown future. You could fear your health. You could fear a hundred things. But I'd say, God, help us to run to you. Help us to fear you in a holy sense, to have reverence, to have respect. That, God, would you come and control me? God, would you come and center my life on the person of Christ? So this first installment on the lessons of fear are really moving us toward this Psalm 34, 4. I prayed to the Lord, He answered me, and He freed me from all my fears. I love that about Jesus. He wants to free us from our fears. He's in control. He wants to grow us. He wants us to obey Him. He wants us to follow after Him hard. But when these fearful situations come into our life, don't listen to the voice of of the devil, to the liar. Listen to the voice of Jesus. It's a small, still voice I've learned. He loves to whisper to his kids. I find that sometimes that voice is very stern. It's a call to repentance. Sometimes that voice, so many times, is the voice of mercy and love and grace and strength to run to. And I pray that somehow through this message today, just in our little time together, that we can say, Lord, I want to trust you. I want to have confidence in you. Mistakes and mishaps happen in my life but they don't have to have the final word lord jesus would you define me not my fears (laughs) that's the truth write it down let jesus define you not your fears and for too many people the fear of life the fear of whatever that blank you filled in defines you and it should be jesus and this morning the lord is just ministering to my life this weekend we talked all about parenting and building a godly generation and <laughs> jim instructed us how to do that to not be fearful i have people all the time go i don't know man out of the world man it's, it's in bad shape it is in bad shape i don't know about having kids oh yeah well you know what i think you have kids and i think you raise them for the glory of jesus christ because we need some change agents in montgomery alabama and they live in your home how many believe that you say well they, they don't live in my home anymore okay well, I hope you did the best you could. If not, try to be the best disciple, mentor you can as, as a parent or a grandparent today. And if they're in your home, then shape them with the authority of Jesus. Re- count what he's done. Look at the action step real quick. Circle it in your worship God. Acknowledge the fear and choose to trust God with it. We, we talked about fears, and I think everybody's like, okay, I got it. Acknowledge whatever that fear is, or plural, fears. And then hand it over to Jesus. Say, Lord, I trust you. I want to seek you. Lord, I want to just seek your face. I want to lay this fear before you. I want to keep praying. I want to keep believing. I want to keep professing your word. I want to keep recognizing the fears that have set me up beside. Lord, I belong to Jesus. Lord, I am yours. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am bought with a price. I am not my own. You could just go through scriptural truth after scriptural truth and rehearse that in your mind and in your spirit and go, I'm the Lord and this fear does not own me. This fear has to be laid down. It could be this morning on this very last song. I'm going to go ahead and invite the team to come. It could be that this song this morning, some people need to slide out of their chair and they need to come and kneel at this altar and physically, more importantly, spiritually, lay that fear down. And some of you, let me just tell you, some of you are fearful to even come to this altar. You know you need to. I mean, over the years, we've had huge altar times. Here's what I'm learning in America churches are not doing altar times now we used to flood this place with altar time it was my favorite part of the services and i miss it but we're finding people are conditioned today to not even these massive churches people don't really respond to altars anymore and i'm like what's that about but here's the deal you don't have to come but you could and some of you are afraid to come so i got i got one for you take somebody by the hand during this song Say, would you go with me would you be my brother would you be my sister Somehow I'm afraid to go down there, but I know I need to go. I know God's called me forward, and I need you to stand with me. I need you to pray with me. I've, I think that's one of the things I miss about our church, and I miss about churches across the country. As I talk to pastors, and they can be community churches, they can be Assembly of God churches, they can be Baptist or Presbyterian, or it doesn't matter what persuasion of faith. I'm just finding people are not using the altar like we once did. And I just think, man, God, help us. But run, run to the altar of your heart, run there and say, Lord, I need you. Let me just give you a few verses just to write down, because I had so much bonus stuff, and maybe I'll come back to most of it next week. Psalm 23, 4, write it down. Isaiah 41, 13. John 14, 27, listen to this. Peace I live with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. I I could just camp out on here all day, but the the thing is that we have God's authority and we have God's power to confront fear in the name of Jesus. And in that this morning, I want you to remember this. God is with you and God is for you. In Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. He is here in this place. You're at a crossroad in your life. The fear has held you captive too many days. Today, choose to release that fear and lay it down and walk in freedom. Let's pray. Lord, I am grateful that you will strengthen us and help us and uphold us with your righteous right hand. We are no longer slaves to fear. In faith, we are the children of God. If we're not a child of God, help us to cry out to Jesus to be our deliverer, our savior, our hope, our Lord. Lord, calls us to worship today, Father. You. You are worthy. You are the authority. You are the king. You are the master. May we run to you, Jesus. In the name of Christ, amen. Everybody stand to your feet. Sing this great song with the team, and this will be our closing act of worship.